Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, the podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. We did it. We did all by ourselves. Um, we pulled no. off the conference no, 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 of the no, year. No, 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 not by all ourselves. All by First ourselves. First of all, I, we're going to go ahead and correct <laughs> you there. I would say uh, Brian Malcolm, Kristen McDonald. They did a couple things. Pulled off the conference of the yeah, year. They, did. they really did, despite us. Yes, though. And I'm going to go ahead and do my preemptive. I'm sorry, Brian. When uh, I'm sure when we have our debrief, there's going to be a yeah. number of things that I failed on. I'm sorry. And a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and apologize for next year now. 2021. Yeah, I'm going to apologize mm. for that, Brian. That's good because uh, we do have a, an annual debrief after the conference. Usually involves Mexican food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And margaritas. So um, <laughs> so we're going to um, go through that. But man, we weren't even sure we could pull it off. I mean, there was a point where we're like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. Did I don't know if I felt that way. Well, you know what? We felt that way only about like where are we going to host right. it when we were or who's going to host it? Yeah, yep. when we're running out of options. But I think we knew from the get go. We're like, mm, we're going to do it. We're, we're, this is this is going down. If God God will have to stop it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and he did not. No, man, he uh, he blessed it. It was a good gathering. Lots of fun. Sam Renahan is fun. He is fun. He's he's, fun. he's a little you know. Well, he's weird. Yeah, yeah, in a good way, not in a bad way. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's weird people out there. Yeah, but he was, he was fun. I don't think you. I, don't, I think most super smart, like genius level people are a little weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's, he's like, he's funny. like Russell Crowe, beautiful mind, weird. Yeah, without the looks or the yeah. charisma mm, or the violent tendencies or the violent. Russell Crowe has a lot of violent tendencies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Throwing phones in people's heads. Though it definitely has accents. They have. They both have accents. He has. What's his accent? Russell Crowe. No, Sam Renahan. Oh, I don't know. You're gonna ask him whether or not he's got an accent. I don't, I don't hear an accent. I right, don't worry about it then. Okay. You, you listen. You just don't get it. Yeah. Unless you're talking about Petty France. Ah, maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you're talking about Petty France, everybody follow <laughs> Sam Renahan on Petty France. So we covered uh, covenant theology yeah. in broad strokes. Yep. And uh, we didn't get the audio from Friday night. Just couldn't happen. Yeah, because it wasn't as important because I started Saturday. That's exactly why. And so on Saturday, though, we have all of the covenants covered. Yeah. So from Covenant of Works, which Jimmy did, I did Noahic, and then we let Sam do everything else. Mm. <laughs> and it was really good. Did you notice? Did you notice that okay. Sam, I'm sorry, excuse me, that Dr. Sam Renahan that quoted doctor. me. He quoted me. What? In his, yeah, of course he did. He quoted me in his sermon, in hmm. his message. He could not communicate what he wanted to communicate with without referencing Joe Thorne. That well, I, was pretty exciting. I will say it was pretty profound. Mm-hmm. And I really think it's going to go up there. And listen, get... Get the Twitter phones ready. There are tweets. There, there are there are tweets. There are quotes. quotes. There are quotes out there that people put on Twitter that are like evergreen. They're always fresh. They're always powerful. So get ready to pin this mm-hmm. one. Here we go. And as Joe said, don't be babies. That's right. Don't be babies. Don't be babies. Don't be babies. Thank you, Sam. I like I after hours of, of of audio that we have. We're like, let's get this. There's that that'll work. <laughs> Yeah, it just says, Joe said, don't be babies. Don't be babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just Stop, make sure, hey, as a reminder. And as Joe said, don't be babies. 
Oh, and hey, Sam, we actually were recording you at every meal as well. So uh, be Get sure. ready. We, you're, we got a bunch of stuff that we can mm-hmm. drop. So um, how's your day? How you? Oh, this is, wait, what, what's today? We're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. On Wednesday. Obviously on a Wednesday. It's on, on the calendar. It's on the calendar. So I'm here. So never forget. I never forget. When are you leaving? I leave Monday. Monday, Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, you and Greg and everybody going. Yeah. What? Why are you like that? Well, because, you know, you, you were going to Vegas with our friends. Yeah. And, uh, and I, obviously you're closer to them than I am. Well, no, no. And it's they're just, closer it, to you than I am. So you're taking them. You know, you've been talking about taking them to the fights, yeah, right? UFC. You're taking them to Holly see. Holly Holmes. Which UFC fight is this? Holly Holmes. And Holly Holmes fight. Yeah, she's fighting. And uh, she's fighting. You, now, you're saying that she's, because I've been looking into this. You're saying that. Holly Holmes is fighting. Go ahead and look. Oh, yeah, she's fighting in Vegas. It's a fight night. It's not like pay per view or anything right. like that. In Vegas. Yeah, at the Apex. In Vegas. Yeah, I mean, Izzy and I were talking weeks ago. He was talking yeah. about we're going to get together. We're going to go out for dinner. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's Vegas. Vegas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't I don't know what's going on. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure by, because uh, uh, I felt really like kind of like left out. And then my, when I'm looking at it, it's not in Vegas, it's in like Abu Dhabi or something. Shut up. It's, it's at the apex. No, it's not. It is at the mm-hmm. apex. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> no, you're not going to do this to me. Now, this Saturday, I could be wrong. It's this, def- a- this Saturday is in Abu Dhabi. It's at Fight Island, the uh, Adesanya fight. We're going to watch yes, that. Yes, yes, we are going to watch We're that. We're still going to watch that. But if I go- When I was looking, not that I was focusing on it, but- So 253 is at the Flash Forum, which is Abu Dhabi. Next one, UFC on ESPN, home versus Aldana. Click that. It is at Flash Forum. Mm-hmm. That's not in Vegas. Shut up. What are you? I, I, I'm shut up. In all seriousness, in all seriousness, you thought that no, this I, fight was in yeah, Vegas. I, I mean, I thought because you told me it was. In, it's in Vegas. It's not in Vegas. Why did you think what? it was in Vegas? Because Izzy and I were talking the about trainer. <laughs> yes, Holly Holmes trainer. We were talking about Holly Holmes trainer told you it was in Vegas. Well. We were talking about Vegas, right? And he's like, "Man, you got to come." And so you assumed <laughs> it was Vegas because we kept saying, "I'm like, hey, man, even if you can't get us tickets, don't worry. I'm going to go and enjoy uh, the relaxation out in the sun in Abu Dhabi." Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> well, well, now yeah. I feel, I feel kind of. So is Greg still going to go to Vegas? Yeah, but no fight. I guess no you fight. know what? That's what you get. You know, if if you, you know had what, invited though? me, we would have. It, the you're fight telling would have been me. In Vegas. Oh, stop it! Now you're mm. telling me. Even if I invited you, you couldn't go. I you could wouldn't. Go. Go. I would go. Jen would want me to go. You'd want to go. Yeah. All right. Here's your official invitation. Mm-hmm. Come with me Monday. It's on me. Well, there's no fight. Why would I want to go now? Why not? I, I don't want to go. I don't. And we'll it. talk about that one later. You can still go to that one. No, I'm being serious. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Mm-hmm. It's on me. You can come Monday to Wednesday or whatever, or stay for the week while I'm all there. I know who could preach for you, and I'll make it happen. I'm being serious. This is a very serious offer. Okay, first of all, it's awkward that you're doing it here. I'd rather us focus on how you completely screwed up the fact that Holly Holmes is not fighting. Okay, first of all, I screwed that up. No, she is fighting, just in Abu Dhabi. Not, not, yeah, not in this country. <laughs> She's still fighting. Not in this hemisphere. I'm still correct, halfway. Yeah. I'm still half right. But half my off, half right, half right. I'm okay. I'm sorry, Joey. No, it was just, I was also half white. Yeah, okay, okay. Like, okay. I, I, knew, I knew we were going there with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, people that want us to talk about the okay, thing. Offer still okay. stand. I want to talk about it after this. Okay, I'm being serious. I'm, all right, I'll talk I'm about it. Yeah, I appreciate the pity invite. No, sorry. it's not a pity invite. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll just let me know. I'm, Listen, you know what? I, I, need, got, I, I need, got, I've got two casinos fighting over who's going to give me the penthouse. Okay. 
<laughs> you just want it for D&D content. I think that's why you want me to come. <laughs> I was No, why would I want to carry? I don't want to carry this. I don't want to carry the equipment. You want me to carry it. I got it. No. I got you. <laughs> I'm serious about Monday. Oh, well, I appreciate the invite because, you know, like many pastors today, Jimmy. And that's exactly why I'm inviting It's a you. discouraging time. It is. And that's why. <laughs> you know why I'm going. Well, yeah, because uh, you work hard. You yeah. have wore yourself down to a little nubby nub. And uh, now you need a little chill. I need a little chill. And, and little I chill. need that but chill. But you're actually going out there to work. Aren't you going out there to work too? There's no work out there? I mean, I might have to jump on a couple. I'm working on a, uh, two contracts. So you don't now. have a meeting out there at all. Mm -mm. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Cool. All right. So we'll be by the pool. You can bring your little thing that your, your hat. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey. <laughs> so the, I wish everyone could see yeah, right okay. now how awkward this is mm, for you. Yeah. It's not awkward at all. Okay, good. So but I um, love you. You could still come. I want yeah, you to come. It's on me. Mm -hmm. I already bought tickets. Okay. <laughs> I, <know laughs> I, already, that's not I, true. I already got the two bedroom suite. Okay. All right. So what we wanted to talk about today is this, you know, there's, a, there's the pandemic and all this mm -hmm. stuff going on and Brianna Taylor, all the, all these things are so, so many things going on right now, even as we recorded this very moment that are creates, creating a lot of anxiety and dread. Mm -hmm. I just met with, with one of our people today, um, an awesome lady, a uh, 60 year old lady, you know, she doesn't mind me saying, she says it all the time. Um, but she runs like marathons and stuff. So, oh yeah. Yeah. She was saying like, I'm 60, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but you're stronger than most 18 year olds. I'm not worried about you. No, she's she, good. They run. Okay. It doesn't matter. So. And she was just talking about how frustrating this whole time is. It, it, these trying times. These trying Martin. times. So um, there have been a number of articles that have come out recently that have hit on this and, and have been specifically talking about how pastors are discouraged and many of them are beginning to plan their exit from ministry or plan their exit from specific mm. churches. There's two big articles that came out and there's more. There's a lot of in other like Baptist press articles, there's lots of stuff, but there are two articles that we're going to reference here today. Yeah, I mean, the first one uh, was on July 2nd, Chuck Lawless. Uh, he wrote an article just about exactly what we talked about. Like, please don't resign. Like, right. please don't leave. Please don't give up. Right. And he uh, gives like what, how many, like six reasons that uh, people are, pastors are going to leave? Yes. Six reasons. And so, uh, can we go with number one? Go it. Here we it. go. Some are just worn out. The stress of the first days of COVID may seem like a hundred years ago, but the same pastors who worked nonstop for months still face the stress of almost daily changes. Some are hanging on right now because of the crisis, but they're losing steam. Poor babies. Suck it up. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, guys. And as Joe said, don't be babies. <laughs> This is you the know, perfect drop. Have, for this. You, have you tried to tried not being a baby? That, no, because yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And everybody's going through this, but these articles are focusing on pastors. On pastors. So. And yeah. here's the thing: like, even for us as Redeemer, and and give you a little bit of a behind the scenes, right? As COVID was happening, and they are still happening, but in the early days, you know, we felt as elders, it was really important for the, the church to see Joe more, right? So we added the midweek service. Um even when maybe others could have taught during that time, I was, I, I'll just say I was one that uh, really felt it was important to say, you know what, it needs to be Joe right there because we need that continuity in the midst of this. Now, that puts more pressure on him and it takes more time. Uh, and I think there's other pastors as well that they don't have that support. They don't have um, others in the oh. wings and they were doing it all by themselves. A lot and of we, guys. And we essentially moved Joe into a position from 
you know, there all, all of us in that together. But in a lot of ways, Joe was was the face and up front uh, handling that by himself. Chuck also mentions that uh, his second reason uh, a lot of pastors are going to be resigning soon is because some of them were already wrestling about their role prior to COVID. And they were thinking about stepping down in early spring. Um, but now, at, after all of this and, and the stressors and the things that we're going to talk about, uh, it's made it easier for them to go ahead and pull that trigger and say, like, yeah. I'm actually yeah. going to go ahead and step out. Mm. Uh, number three. Some were already talking to another church prior to COVID. Cheater. <laughs> or they've begun that conversation in the last few months. Now, oh, that's a whole separate topic. Never yeah, mind. I we'll, we'll, we'll get into that another okay. time. Number four, some pastors of churches that were struggling before COVID are now facing the reality of their church struggling even more. Mm. So, you know, if you it were struggling- compounded. Right. So if you're struggling to meet budget, if not very many people are coming and then this happens- yeah, in a lot of cases, things are really scary. It feels like the wheels are going to fall off. And so some guys are just going to jump ship um, because of that. Yeah. Uh, number five, some, uh, I fear Chuck Lawless, will resign because of marital and family issues exasperated by the stress. Or exacerbated. Exasperated. <laughs> <laughs> Did you misspell it? What? No, that's it's, 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 exasperated. It, no, it, exacerbated. Accelerated. Yeah, exasperated. No, no. That's too annoying. What? <laughs> Go ahead. Exa wait, exasperated? Yeah. How do you pronounce it? Ex exasperate. I, I, exasperate. I, I'm There's sure. no P in this word. Exasperated. Exasperated. Exasperated? No. Exacerbated. Exacerbated. Yeah. You know what? This ain't funny, Joe. This is causing stress. I'm heading to Vegas. You want to yeah, go? Okay. Maybe. <laughs> I might go. Uh, but Bye, seriously. Uh, Resign because of marital and family issues ex exacerbated by the stress of these days. Uh, so here's the thing. None of us are immune, and Chuck talks about that, from relational struggles. Yeah. And so you see that uh, in the culture, people mm. are, marriages are struggling because now you're stuck 24 hours, seven days a week with each other. Yep. And it's the same thing at home now for, for pastors. Um, and not to say, I don't know, that, that one's a weird one to me because I, I still get the understanding of relational issues. Um, but I wonder if because of the stress compounded, it, it's definitely easier to... Uh, not be strong, I guess, at home. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it. If in, you know, in a lot of cases, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's a two-income family, and maybe uh, the wife has been laid off. Mm. Uh, maybe the church is struggling, and they don't know what the future of the church is. The, yeah. the stressors that are out there, their really, family is feeling. They it. can yeah. really feel that the kids' school that are having to homeschool now. What's going on? Not everybody can go to private school like Jimmy's kids. So it's listen, man. I just offered to take you to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> so it is. Um, now, in, in my case, I'll be honest, right? As stressful as this season has been and as hard as ministry has been, and even at times desperately discouraging, uh, home has been a refuge. You know, mm. like I've loved home, yeah. kids, my wife, uh, like yeah. the, every, the, the, at home, and not that there aren't yeah. stressors there, but like home's been a safe place for me, yeah. Yeah. but I for felt, others. Yeah, I felt that the first week of COVID. And then what happened? Uh, then we started playing a game at home. What was the game? Why won't you do it my way? <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle had to hate your guts. She had to just start hating you. You know how I am and how particular. You're a little particular. I am very, very yes, particular. You have my way or highway tendencies. Um, No, no. I say my way is the right way tendencies. Yes. And so there is no other way. Of course. Why, yeah. why would there be? It, the okay, other that way works, is obviously that wrong. That works 
at work and at home, yeah. it would be like that we're in the office and the kids left their all their you know uh, school supplies on the table. And I'm like, hey guys, we're gonna have lunch. Why don't you clean up? They go, we do that at the end of the day. I'm like, not while I'm here. <laughs> not while I'm here. You're gonna pick it up now. Get everything in order because your pencils are everywhere. Your papers are thrown around. Get, this is my office. Don't. I'm not gonna. I I don't live like this. Yeah. You we don't stay, live here, like this you, when. Yeah. Here's what I do. I stay in one room. I just I go to one room in the house. If like usually it's the porch or the garage. Mm-hmm. So I go to the one mm-hmm. areas, not even rooms. I go to these areas. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel safe at home. Yeah, and that's I figured I'm just I, I just went back to the office. There, see, because I'm I'm there's you solitude need safe, there. You need a safe space. I need the the safe space there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number six, uh, six reason uh, law that says P- pastors will be leaving. Uh, some, particularly those who did not quickly learn to shepherd their church from a social distance, may have lost a bit of their heart for their congregation. Mm. So you can understand how that might happen. Out of sight, out of mind. Right? Yeah. Like uh, you're without that proximity, it's easy to begin to lose the connection. And so, so he wrote that article early on, right? That was July 2nd, but mm-hmm. then Tom Rainer spelled thumb. But if you know who Tom Rainer is, he's a, <laughs> he's a church guy. He has, he does, he, he was the head of Lifeway for a long time, big on stats and, and has a lot of good things to say on, on, on basic ministry practices, but he's particularly helpful in pointing out trends and things that are happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's what he said on August 31st. Tom said, the vast majority of pastors with whom our team communicates are saying that they are considering quitting their churches. Now, just listen, consider that. Wow. The vast wow. majority of the pastors that their team, now, his, he's got a big web presence. They talk to a lot of pastors. Yeah, yeah. Most of them by far are thinking of leaving their churches. He says, it's a trend I have not seen in my lifetime. Some are just weeks away from making an announcement. They mm. are looking for work in the secular world. Some will move to bivocational ministry, and some will move to marketplace ministry. And uh, so he's saying, like, I've never seen it at this level before. This kind of exodus. At, at this point, people are, a lot of pastors are vacating. And um, he gives us his own take, and he gives six reasons why he believes pastors are leaving. Um, and we, we don't have to read all of them, but um, maybe just uh, maybe we'll just highlight a couple. Okay. Uh, well, let, let's go with the second one. Pastors are greatly discouraged about the fighting taking place among church members about the post-quarantine church. I hear you on that one. Mm-hmm. That one's been something. I, I remember Joe and I talking about that in March. We're yeah. like... Here it goes. Yeah. All these years, I think, you know, Redeemer has done well with uh, uh, people being from um, different ends of the spectrum. Yep. Politically. And I'm like, it's become so polarized out in our culture that you could see it starting to drift within the congregation itself, within the church itself. Yeah. The polarization that is happening in the world is going to happen to some degree in the church. And so some people are going to take up issues and causes that are dear to their heart, and it's going to lead them uh, to be more invested in that. And if the church isn't as invested vocally in that particular thing, because it isn't the mission of the church, perhaps, uh, then they may decide to to leave. So um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say something else about this. Go ahead. All right. So uh, when Rainer's talking about it, he goes, you know, gather in person or wait, mass or no mass, social distancing or not. Too many church members have adopted the minds of the culture and made these issues political fights. Right. It's really easy to have these strong feelings from the sidelines. Right. It's really, really easy to armchair this thing. It's easier because, uh, and it doesn't mean it's easy, but it's easier for you because all you have to worry about is yourself or you and your family. And that's all you're responsible for. Whereas 
pastors, we have a congregation full of individuals yep. that we are we care for, we love. Uh, we're trying to navigate and help them navigate through this. Mm-hmm. We've got individuals, uh, especially early on, as as you don't really have all the information, and you're getting piecemeal this information and about a lot the of time, disease, yeah. about the disease and everything. And, and so the you're virus. Th- virus, and you're thinking through, okay, what implications does that have for not only my members, but you know, uh, for their families, right. for the elderly that live with them. Right? We are, as elders in the church, we are responsible for the 300 and plus people that show up on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so any decision that we make is going to impact them and the people that they interact with. And so every decision we make is not made lightly, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like that's the part that I'm like, that I, I get concerned about when I right. hear certain things. I'm like, we're not just sitting here going, whatever, mm-hmm. like who cares? We're going to take the easy road out. There's a lot of lot of prayer, a lot of debate, a lot of man hours, a lot of man research, hours and yeah. research, and trying to figure out what is the the the, the this thing that we hold intention, glorifying God yep. in how we respond, and and you know obviously uh, obeying, oh you know respecting our government authority, and then gathering together as Christ Church, right? We hold yep. all these things in tension, obviously. How you do your gathering is a reflection of, of what you think about the glory of God, right? If I, I want to glorify God, is it glorifying God just to be flippant and throw the doors open and say right. whatever to everybody else? Is it glorifying to God to just shut everything down? Exactly. Right? Is Or is it glorifying to God to hold these things and say, how do we go about this in a responsible way to exactly. shepherd our people through this? And at no point... Has the church ever heard from the elders about our personal political view on this whole thing from the pulpit or from the stage? Now, if somebody yeah. asks us on the side, we'll tell them what we think, of course, who we're going to yeah, vote yeah. for, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm not afraid to say anything. But as ministers, that's we, we're, we aren't pushing our agenda. We're trying to figure out, and pastors are trying to figure out what's the best way forward here. And so at Redeemer, we've been careful to, on the one hand, say, well, okay, we have enough information now. We're going to worship. We, we feel safe worshiping, mm-hmm. but we're not just throwing the doors open. There, you know, there are issues and we have people that are sick and in various degrees of health. So mm-hmm. we've got social distancing and masks and all kinds of stuff going on. So at any rate, um, a lot of pastors are discouraged about the fighting that's taking place over all of those issues. Number yeah. three, pastors are discouraged about losing members and attendance. And so that's going to happen. Listen, at Redeemer, if somebody decides, hey, you know what? I'm not vibing with Redeemer anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to go. That's Okay. Like, we don't fight them on that. We just say, hey, well, okay, what's going on? Is there, Was there a problem? Because if there's a problem, we want to reconcile. Um, did we do something wrong? Because we want to mm-hmm. repent and fix it if we can. And so we have lost a couple of families during this time who just at this point, they're like, um, and I would say since, um, since this all started, there might have been some that have transitioned out because uh, it was a good time to transition out, right? We're not meeting together. And when we're going to start meeting back together, they're going to start going to another church because of whatever reason, right? Whatever good reason you can think of. But this has also highlighted some differences uh, that people would say, hey, you know what? This church is obviously not going to function in a way that we would like it to function mm-hmm. in the midst of all of the drama and trauma that's happening in our culture right now. And so therefore we're going to transition out. That's you know, we're not mad about people that have that thought. Um, people have to follow their own conscience, but a lot of pastors are discouraged and we discourage about people leaving. And the elders at Redeemer have known, like, once all of this really got going, we knew churches in general, a lot of them are going to shrink after this. No, we started talking about that in March, April, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and, and you can, and once Chris, it became more than the pandemic, 
and it was all the other issues yes, were involved. Exactly. And like Krista and I were talking about last weekend about um Krista, Krista. McDonald about exiting behavior, right? Like you can mm. see it as as pastors, you know, right? You get the, you get the vibe. Inkling, you get the yeah, vibe. Spidey sense. The spidey, you that the, the, it's the sixth sense. Like where you know they no, that's when to, you see dead people. Yeah. Oh, they're about to ghost there you. There you go. Boom. Ghost you. Man, that's I had good. it all set up. That, that was good, good wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And like but you, you get that. You understand it. You see it coming. Um, and sometimes you're you're wrong. Yeah. And other times, unfortunately, you're I have you're not right. been wrong yet. I'll be honest. I no, I'm yeah, okay. Not on that. Not I've been on wrong that. on no, a no, tons no, no. Yeah, of things. Yeah. No, I get what you're when saying. When I get the vibe, like they're gone. And then if they're not moving quick enough, I usually encourage them to leave. <laughs> that way that, I keep my percentage high that way. <laughs> it, uh, uh, again, well, I was at a it was a more strict Baptist church. Right. And they're talking about, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I can tell when people are leaving. You know how? He's like, I'm like, well, how, how? I go, how, pastor? And he goes, because one day it's pastor, pastor. The next day it's, hi, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, t- 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 tell the listeners why you're wearing a, a ring on your pointer finger. What's that all about? Is that a new thing? Get no, a ring I'm, on your I'm, pointer I'm just finger. It around, what is, around I don't it. understand what's going on. Why is it on your pointer finger? Because it just, I, I like doing this. I'm just, I'm just, I'm doing You have this. a ring on your pointer finger. I'm, I'm doing the red rum, red rum. Okay. Our listeners don't listen or don't watch R-rated movies. About red rum. Murder. Red. Why? Why? Because they're, they're going to cry? Because they're pure. What do you mean? They're, 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 they, they're they too get frightened scared. by it? They're going to get scared? scared. Well, well, you know what, Joe? And as Joe said, don't be babies. Oh, okay. Mm. There you go. Um, what about number four, Jimmy? Yep. Pastors don't know if their churches will be able to support ministries financially in the future. Yep. You got to listen. Every pastor is responsible, not just for his church. Um, he's responsible oh, for his wife. I just had a horrible joke. Oh, what was it? I was going to be, yeah. I was about to like say, buy a worship pastor, <laughs> buy associate. Well, they start cutting people, <laughs> they right? They start when cutting people, yeah. which so, is, but I don't want to be flipping about that. I don't want to be insensitive. No, because yeah. it is your that's, families. And it's, that's why it's, people are resigning because yeah. they can see it coming. And so a lot of pastors don't know. And listen, any church that is on the smaller size knows, Pat, we know. Yeah. The wheels can come off this church quick. At any time. Yep. And so you where the pastors have to be ready. I'm either going to have to get a job or I have to move on. Mm-hmm. And it's always been my mindset, like, oh, I'll find a job if I, you know, I've always wanted to stay where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is definitely um, a factor. Number five, uh, criticism against pastors have increased significantly. He says, one pastor recently shared with me the number of criticism he receives are five times greater than the pre-pandemic era. Church members are worried. Church members are weary. And the most convenient target for their angst is their pastor. Of course, there's also the chance that your pastor is a tool and he's on Facebook and he's, uh, he's, he deserves the criticism he's getting. But let's just say that, yes, it does. Now, I don't feel like I've been targeted with any, no, not at all. all kinds of criticism, but there are pastors who do feel that way. Yeah, and and here's the thing, like in the midst of this now, I mean, one thing I learned years ago, years and years, years ago. Years ago. What are you, 30? Well, like two years ago then. Okay. No, because I, have, I didn't learn it here. That's why I want yeah. to say years oh, no, ago. Five years ago, okay. Well, I've been here since 2012, but thank oh, you for six knowing. Years? Okay, That's eight. You are oh, okay, such a big difference. Six to eight. <laughs> Sorry, I messed up that math. <laughs> but like uh, learned, I mean, in, in, as a pastor, a, a, as a ministry leader, I mean, sometimes people are going to say unfair things in a hurtful way. Yeah. Right. Sure. They're, they're they're emotional. They don't know how to process. They're going to say unfair things in a yep. hurtful way. Sometimes people are, are going to say, you know, uh, fair things, but in a hurtful way as yep. well. Sure. Right. And, and you got to learn how to, how to receive that, how to hear that, how to decipher that. It's rare. It is rare when you find the fair, 
you, someone giving you fair criticism in a loving way. I heard a pastor one time say, pastors That's get, the unicorn. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I heard a pastor one time say that um, pastors are blamed for things that they didn't do, but they also get praise for things that they didn't do. Mm. It's like you get both, right? Yeah, like yeah. You get praise when you don't deserve it oftentimes, and you get blamed when you don't deserve it. It's, yeah, like, it's the nature of it. Because you're, nature. you're the, the face that people most generally associate Correct. with what's going on in the church. Yep. What about number six? What, again, oh. uh, with this, the workload for pastors has incre- increased greatly. Almost every pastor with whom we communicate expresses surprise at their level of work since the pandemic began. It really makes sense. They are trying to serve the congregation the way they have in the past, but now they have the added responsibilities that have come with the digital world. And as and as expected, pastoral care needs among members have increased during the pandemic as well. Yeah, it's a different it goes up. situation. Yeah. Everything is different. now, and we, and we haven't been trained for that, right? In a lot of ways, how many ministers have been trained in in dealing with yeah. member care in this way? I mean, how many people have actually been Almost trained not. in member care to begin <laughs> with? Right. Right? And now... And Gone like, are those days of the visitation and sitting down and actually getting to know people and walking through, you know, what's going at on. At least for now. Yeah, right? Like, that's been heavily curtailed. And, uh, and we, we at Redeemer, we failed in this. A lot of people failed because we're trying to figure it out. Now, what we want to do is we don't want to just focus on why pastors are discouraged. We mm. actually want to offer some words of encouragement to pastors. But before we do that, we do have to announce the winner of the ESV Reader's Ooh. Bible, the six-volume hardcover cloth overboard set Boom. that we are giving away thanks to our friends at Crossway. Um, All right, Joey, now you pick this. Now, I- after we had... I don't know. I'm, a conservative estimate is probably 10 million people who uh, tend us. I, I'm not good at numbers, but I'm pretty sure that's it. We get, 10, we get a million downloads a year. Over. So 10 million. <laughs> How uh, many over? Okay, well, three. I, all I'm saying is if, if, if it's more than, a, what's more than a million? 10 million. So there you go. <laughs> so... So I, I'm not I'm not I'm not confident in the number of but I'm not telling many people have have, <laughs> uh, have tweeted us and promoted the the website to end it with a chance to win the ESV Reader's mm-hmm. Bible that Jimmy and I love and Crossway's going to ship it out to I don't know who'd you pick Jimmy Fowler don't, congratulations don't. Jimmy. Oh, really that's the courage one I wanted the dummy darn it. I wanted the applause one all right so uh, Justin Opperman. <laughs> Who? Justin Opperman. Opperman? J-Op. Yeah, the operator. Adam Sandler, the Opperman. Yeah. Uh, Justin has won, and it's unfortunate because I really did not want to give it to this guy. But uh, but there it he is. He was at the conference. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I had, a, I had a great conversation with him. Yeah, he and I hung out like a few months ago Yeah, at the cigar shop. So anyways, I, I was with him. Oh, I conference. was with him away from the conference. That's how much he wanted to see me. You know you what? That's, saw, that's very fair. You, you know what? Saw, Never mind. He, yeah, <laughs> me, he saw me as a... Like it was the peripheral. Yeah, he was just there. Was, yeah, I was just there. Yeah. He was there for Sam. Yeah, he was there for Sam. And but, got, but he got stuck with you. He got stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Justin. All right. So, um, Tony Dopke, who is a member of our church and uh, one of our preachers, and for he, now, for now, unless everyone's he leaving, everyone's leaving. Okay. So a uh, couple families of love. <laughs> uh, now. Tony wants to plant the church uh, in the Chicagoland area in Elgin, Illinois. We're praying about that, hoping that God leads him to so do that. So you can head on over to patreon.com slash <laughs> Just look for the harvest tattoo uh, on his forearm. Now, now Tony um, said, hey, Joe, listen, um, 
you know, the supremacy of God in preaching is one of Piper's books is going to be reissued. It's revised and expanded. And um, I want to make sure that you get that. And then he sent me um, 30, this is a part of Piper's book, 30 reasons why it is a great thing to be a pastor. In other words, Tony wanted to encourage one of the pastors at Redeemer because he knows it's a discouraging season. And this is a really cool part of Piper's book, The Supremacy of God in Preaching. Now, we're not going to read all 30. Time is running out. So what we are going to do is just read a couple. And I'm going to start with number one. Yeah, you go with number one. God is the greatest reality in the universe and pastors swim in that sea with ever replenished joy. Obviously, Piper is writing this book. That's a Piper sentence. And um, and then he's got a bunch of scriptures that come after that. But let me just note, Pastor, if you are discouraged, if you are weary, if you are thinking about quitting or giving up, before you do, just note this, that um, you get to swim, you get to exist in this reality that God is true, that God is real, and it is your job to not only know that, but then to share that with others. And uh, continue on, uh, number four, the Bible is the greatest book there is, and pastors delight to meditate on it day and night. I mean, mm. uh, Psalm twelve six: the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. Mm. I mean, for those of us that are in ministry, we get that privilege, yeah, uh, that joy of of meditating on God's word and getting getting paid for it. We get to set aside time daily to be able to uh, soak in God's word. So not only uh, as Joe had talked about with number one, that he is our gr the greatest reality in the universe and we get to swim in that sea with ever replenished joy, but we have his words to nourish us, to encourage us and mm. to guide us. Yeah. The fact that we have and listen, if your pastor doesn't have time for the word, fire that guy yeah. or, or coach him or something, because um, that is the job, is to be in the word. What a blessing. Let's jump down to number 12. Suffering is a great seminary, and pastors Ooh. must attend it for the sake of their people. So when you are hurting, when you are afflicted, when you are discouraged, know this, that um, the psalmist says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Or Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1.6, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. In other words, suffering and hardship, yes, you are signing up for that on some level, as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel. And so recognize mm. that your suffering is not in vain, but it serves the greater purpose of God's glory, your godliness, and the growth of God's people. Number 13, explaining great truth is a path to great understanding. And for the pastors, we are charged to explain the greatest things relentlessly. So, mm. you know, there's for uh, scripture talks about, uh, even Peter talks about uh, uh, things of Paul are, they're hard things, they're difficult <laughs> yeah. things, right? Yeah. And for a lot of people, they approach scripture that way. It's difficult to understand. And yet we have the opportunity to mine deep the mm -hmm. word of God, to not just uh, um, hear things and, and, and be, I guess, confused, but we actually get tasked with how how it what is what what does this mean right? right we get to go through all the hermeneutical principles we get to actually delve deep into because as we hear the word of god it's refreshing to us uh, as we dig deeper we see god more yeah. and i mean that to me is is one of the greatest privileges of pastoring is we get to set aside and not only you know we get to read god's word but to actually mine it deeply 
and help it, helping others to see what you see. Yeah. Uh, Sam preached at Redeemer this weekend on oh. Psalm 131. You know what? I was going to talk to you. I think we need to release that as a bonus episode. Just That's just take the idea. audio. Yeah. And we're going to release it as a bonus episode. What the heck? Yeah. That was good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I mean, all of our people are like, oh man, this is a perfect word mm-hmm. for us today mm-hmm. in uh, in 2020. So Pastor Sam, uh, Dr. Sam, Sam I am, he is on uh, Psalm 131 and it is good stuff. Let's jump down. I'm going to jump down to uh, number 15. Piper 15. says, uh, humanly impossible aims throw us on a great helper. And all spiritual aims of a pastor are impossible. So, so think about all the tasks that you have, pastor. Your responsibilities, they are beyond your skill set, really. They are beyond your effectiveness. But God has called you to the impossible so that yeah. you will rely on him as your helper through his word and spirit. And so it forces you to rely on him, to depend on him. What an amazing gift. Like what mm. grace that that it puts you in a position where you don't have a choice. I mean, if you're, you can rely on yourself and just fry and burn out and not ultimately sanctify anybody, but if you recognize the calling for what it is, you must rely on God. Number 19, uh, the new birth is a great miracle, right? When someone mm. comes to know Christ, that is a great miracle. We praise God for that. And he continues, as pastors are the ever amazed midwives of God. So we get mm. to... Uh, uh, God allows us to participate in that, right? Yeah. As we are uh, preaching his word and, and uh, walking alongside people, we get to see them develop and process and come from this place of, of uh, disbelief to belief, from no faith to faith, from an enemy of God to a son of God. Yeah. So good and encouraging and strengthening and rewarding for us. I'm, I'm going to mention one more, Jimmy, if you want to go more, that's fine. But I want to mention number 24. Yep. No, I'll go with that. That's a, that's a great one. We can end on that one. He says, hospital visits are a sacred imparting of great hope and pastors meditate on th- this whole, I'm sorry, the pastors mediate this holy transaction with their voice and hands. So let me read it again. Hospital visits are a sacred imparting of great hope and pastors mediate this holy transaction with their voice and hands. And he quotes James 5, right? If anyone is sick, let him call for the elders, no pray and anoint oil. Um, th- obviously in this time, like, you know, people have been sick and, and maybe you haven't been able because of coronavirus limitations to get to the hospital. So you're with the family. Like we pray with those who are weeping. We mm-hmm. weep with them, we mm-hmm. mourn with them and we rejoice with them. I know what it is to grieve with people who have lost their child, to hold their deceased loved ones in my own arms. Like pastors do that. You're there. You're you're coaching and counseling and and trying to disciple people away from things like suicide or um or or coach them through bouts of severe illness. And this is an opportunity to point them to the one thing that transcends our circumstances and offers them hope, not just in this life, but in the life to come. Mm. So I guess we would say two things here, right? One word to pastors and one word to Christians. Yeah. Pastors, take care of your soul. Mm. Look out for yourself. Like check your heart for sin, check your life for waywardness. Um, Make sure that you are drawing near to Christ for encouragement. I would say take care of your family. 
Make sure that you are present and involved and engaged because your family needs you desperately. And number three, rejoice in your calling. Mm. God has called you to do what you are doing right now. You can rejoice in that. And even though it is definitely beyond your ability, naturally, uh, God will supply you the grace that you need to continue in it. I mean, for believers as well, Christians, I mean, take care of your soul. I mean, that's great right. advice. Like, uh, be in God's word, be in community where you can. Uh, if you're avail- if you're able to go and join the the gathering of God's mm. people and proclaim this good, the, proclaim the mercies of God. Right. Take care of your family. You know, during this yeah. time, making sure that you're you're with them and that you're a blessing to them and that you are shepherding them well. Uh, take care of them, and then ultimately, I I, I would also say, man. Pray for your pastors. So selfish of you. No, pray for your pastors. Pray for Jimmy. I'll take it. <laughs> we you, need it. I know. What are you talking about? I don't know why you think that's bad for me. No, I'll take good. it. It's I good. know. I would love that. Please. You know what? The most encouraging thing I received on Sunday. Oh, I'm going to embarrass. I'm not going to say his name. Okay. But there was this father son that came from out of town, out of state, out of state to the conference. To the conference, and the brother comes up to me. The brother? Uh, sorry. The son. Uh, well, no, no. It's a okay, father and son. Okay, the story isn't making any sense. No, no, I know, but I'm saying brother in Christ. Oh, okay. So uh, the father comes up and he goes, hey, I, I want you to know, um, I've been praying for you and Joe. I pray for you guys every day, and I'll continue to pray. And I want you to know, like, he just gave this word of encouragement, yeah. right? And I was like, I was like, man, yeah. you totally just humbled me. Mm-hmm. I I just thank you. You know, I, I so yes, if you want to pray for me, trust me, I'll take it. Thank you. Pray for your pastor, Jimmy. How do people get in on the good conversation? Well, we have every uh, we have Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. You can also visit our website for articles and videos. Uh, you know, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can uh, email us by going to info at doctrineanddevotion.com. Oh, don't email me. What? Oh, you don't want don't to hear care, that? Do do the Twitter. Do the. Oh, well, you know what? You could do Instagram and Twitter at docadevo or on that's Facebook easier. slash doctrine. Yeah, and do devotion. that. Do that. Yeah, I don't want to email clogs up. And then Jimmy yells at me for not clearing it out. You never clear it out. I don't clear it out. Because you do it. <sighs> you never should have done that. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I did it once, and that's what happens. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.